0: All right, so welcome to day two of Essen. I'm here with Oscar Klanul and Daniel Peterson of 13 Days fame. Uh, so good morning, fellas. Good morning. Thanks good morning. for having us. Uh, thanks for letting me come crash your hotel here at the Atlantic. I appreciate the A wonderful buffet here. Uh-huh. Um, so as you know, we reviewed 13 Days on our show, and it was an extremely pleasant surprise. Thank it, you. And let's start with the beginning. How it come to be?
1: Um, I think this, we started working on this three years ago. It was actually the first game we made together. So we started making games. We knew each other from, from climbing, and, and then we came here to Essen three years ago, and on the trip back, we kind of, we went on, on a drive, and it was like a 13 hour drive. And in the 13 hours, we actually, Ask and I realized we had the same idea to a game, because one of our favorite games is Twilight Struggle. And we really love to play that, but we don't have the time. So we figured out maybe somebody else had, the, had that, was in that situation, I wanted a shorter game that gave kind of the same experience. So then we started working on it. And by the time we hit Copenhagen, we kind of had the basic idea for it.
0: And then we just worked on
1: it. That's and
0: that's fascinating that's to me.
2: <laughs> yeah, sure. And uh, I, I think we started, uh, half, we, we had half a year of of thinking pause and and not doing too much and then we we started and and it it rolled off the table rather fast we tried to implement from the beginning a, a design philosophy that on the first evening where we actually sat down and worked on it um we had to play it so the first evening we had to play the game no no thinking too much no going about and detailing we had to make a prototype from nothing and play it on the first night and we did that enough to know that there was a core engine. Not that, of course, there weren't individual event text and etc., sure. but, but the very core engine behind it sure. already took form then. The
1: idea of different locations and it affecting the DEFCON. I mean, that's how we started. Just had to see it
0: working. Nice. Um, so this was not your first design, though?
2: Um, we had both uh, at, we both had a design with us at the same Essen. Um, that we were pitching around to publishers individually.
0: Individually, right?
2: Um, uh, and we well, we had mo- several designs, but we s- both managed to sell one on our own. Um, Daniels is coming next year; should next have year? been out this year. Uh, and mine is just releasing at this Essen. It's called Flam Rouge. Flamme Rouge. Yes. yes, Racing Game. Um, two to four players, uh, it takes 45 minutes. It's a deck deconstruction game or a deck thinning game, inspired by Dominion originally, but very streamlined.
0: Hey, I read your designer diary on Board game Geek about yes. it, and I, it sounds interesting.
2: Yeah. You, you'll have to come and try it.
0: I certainly will. Yes, good. So how did, if you each had your own design uh, last year, mm-hmm. right? Three uh, years uh, ago. I'm sorry, three, three yeah. years ago, um, how did this, come to be, the two of you together?
1: I think, well, you know how it started now, right? With 13 days. um, It it just, I mean, so we just started doing that. I mean, we didn't, at that point, we didn't decide, okay, we just need to make games together, but it just worked with that game, and we we struck a good relationship, so why not continue from there? So it kind of just happened, right? It wasn't pre-planned or anything. It just happened, and we had different ideas and knew how to work together, complement each other, and, yeah.
2: And I said, we have different ideas, different working methods but we have aligned expectations so we want to do the same thing we want to make games that actually reach market which i think is important uh, sure at least having aligned. you don't need you can have different ambitions but having aligned ambitions is important for a good corporation and of course as you mentioned briefly before we knew each other from previously We, we we boulder or climb together uh, once or twice a week, not so much for Daniel anymore since kit number two. Um, uh,
0: yeah, it's funny how that happens, yes. right?
2: Um, but I'm we do in there again. Yeah, but we had a, in a, few years maybe, a no. good relationship, and we, we still do that. And climbing is a like on-off sport, so you go and you exhaust yourself, and then we sit and design games. Nice,
0: <laughs> excellent. So, you guys obviously were friends originally, um, and I find it interesting that your design, your new design, quote unquote, new design is actually out after 13 days so how did that how did that come to be as far as timing both of your individual designs which you were here to begin with are coming out after 13 days which is something you designed afterwards how does sure, that play I mean, out we
1: have a lot of games in the pipeline right now also in the production pipeline some of them are just far on the fast track some of them are delayed for several reasons i mean that's just part of the industry right so gotcha. we all know that as soon as we start making games i mean we can't control when they hit the market right so it's just how it works so yeah,
2: several of them end up being one year sometimes two years delayed. We haven't experienced three years quite yet. Not yet. Not yet, but uh, it will probably happen. Uh, So it's it's the name of the game. Okay. all right. It's good to know that they are in the pipeline, and it's good to now at least have something out there (coughs) we know is.
1: Yeah, so yesterday we talked about how many games uh, bar further delays, how many games will release uh, from now until next season. And uh, the count ended at seven, I think. I mean, seven. I mean, we never know, right, but I mean. So it could have been more games this season, right? but now it looks like a lot of games next season.
0: So we were talking before we actually started recording, uh, your design philosophy. Do you want to expound on that? How you said you kind of wanted to get down to the core, etc? Uh,
2: sure. Um, we have... Uh, I, I think we have two MO's, is that what it's yes. called? Yes, yes. What, what's that an abbreviation of?
0: Uh, motives.
2: Okay. Um, uh, I think the first one is that uh, we want to make sure that players are taking interesting decisions. In 13 days, there are also agonizing decisions. The boy, are there. But they don't have to be. Uh, it, the point is that we don't want false choice. It, and if it can be small, interesting decisions with a fast flow, that can, the, the, the cumulative aspect of that can lead to a good and great game for gamers.
1: And the typical game we are making is not a heavy Hardcore Euro game, right? So, I mean, and this is important even in the children's games. I mean, it, there need to be the
2: real decisions. The As opposed to something
0: like snakes decisions. and ladders to where Rolodeo whatever move and sure. there's no decisions in the game.
2: Exactly. Interesting decision, And that also means that even the children's games are something that I play myself and in my board game club where people are average 35 to 40. Um, uh, the children's game actually, people want to play them.
0: Because there's meaningful decisions, there's meaty, weighty. Your your decisions have impact on not the game.
2: necessarily weighty, but meaningful, right? Fair exactly. enough. They have an sure. impact, but it can be it, it, it can be a big impact. That means if you have a decision with a big impact, if you get it wrong, you're out, right? That's typically how it works. But you can also have lots of decisions with small impact, so that they, the impact accumulates into a bigger impact. But you, you're not in and out of the game. Um, that was the one thing uh, about the design the other thing is the experience
1: um,
2: yeah, what we're looking for
1: when we, I mean we're pitching ideas all over the table, right, so every day almost, right, and so the idea is what we're looking for is really the core game the core experience in any, any game and we, if you we can't find that there's no reason to work on it, right, so, so that's really what we're looking for in the early stages I mean that's changed along the process but that's it, right, and then if we if we have a game say and there's two core mechanics we'd much rather remove one of them and make two separate games than just build on it and add mechanics and do and do a larger larger game right so
0: so uh, not so much to streamline just to reduce it down to its core essence essentially
1: yes Yes. and streamline it's kind of it's it's the two that melt together and of
2: course there can be extra mechanics on top, but in, in 13 days, what is the core experience, in my opinion, which is also the core experience of Twilight Struggle, it is having this hand of agonizing cards and playing them and you don't know, you, you worry about the timing and you worry about giving too much benefit at the wrong time to the opponents. That's for me the core experience of Twilight Struggle and that was the first and actually easiest thing to make because for 13 days because it's just taking an existing mechanic, of these uh, card-driven games with event cards and putting it into a 13-day context with a smaller hand size, right?
0: And it's amazing to me that you were able to get the feel and, and as you say, the essence of Twilight Struggle into, you know, Twilight Struggle light, essentially. And it it really surprised me because you hear about all these whatever game, the dice game or the card game, et cetera, et cetera. I'll be honest. When I when I got a copy mm-hmm. of Thirteen, that's pretty much what I expected, and that wasn't at all. It's its own game, but it really has that feel, which. It shocked me in a very good way, and it was it was fantastic to experience. And I'm I, I I was excited to play it again.
2: I remember reading the Twitter comments where you were a little lukewarm, and then you were sold. So it was uh, it was it was good to see that it convinced you. Yeah, and absolutely. A shout out to Amanda. I'm glad to hear that she's still beating you uh, <laughs> she, in all games of 13 days. So. I think I think she's five and
0: zero. Oh. Okay. Uh, <laughs> she she has only beat me once on points, yeah. and the other four times I've killed us all. Yeah. So. So I apologize, world. Again. Um, so, so what started you out on designing? Because it says uh, I've heard, I've read, et cetera, et cetera, that every board gamer wants to design games. I have literally zero interest in designing games, but obviously, it's different for y'all.
1: I think it's just a saying that, right? But I mean everyone wants to make a game, but everyone everyone, wants to write a book, but but it's like everyone is a critic, right? So you play a game, you like that, and you say, oh, this part, I really like that, or play another game, and say, oh, it could have been cool, but then there was a part, right? So it happens automatically in the head that you kind of design, I mean, going from there to actually doing is quite a different step, right? So I think that's, that's the difference. I... It's hard to remember for me really why. I think it started, I mean, I like games, I toyed around with ideas for, I mean, oh I could make another map or make home house rules or stuff like that and then suddenly I just started doing it. I probably talked to you about it and we had an exchange of different ideas before the 13 days, right? This is this Maybe a year and a half before that?
2: We went to Essen so together I mean, because we knew each other and, and were designing with each other so uh, so uh, we, we were talking about it previously. But for, what, what started you uh, on me, that it's, path? For it's, me, yeah. it's, it's actually, um, I think uh, I started playing Magic the Gathering at age 12. I played chess from age seven, eight, uh, um, and then two years after Magic, I discovered Warhammer Fantasy Battle, and I lost 15 years of my life to Warhammer <laughs> Fantasy Battle, including a two year stint at uh, Games Workshop headquarters in Nottingham, where I, I worked. Oh. Um, um and uh, basically for 15 years also i was involved in running uh, scandinavia's or uh, largest miniature game tournament. okay um and uh, in miniature gaming it is very very common that you don't play out of the book uh with the rules you make composition rules and each tournament in denmark has different composition rules and has this different scenarios so in the design space i actually did 15 years of groundwork tweaking uh, other systems before deciding stopping playing so much Warm and deciding why shouldn't i try to do it myself
0: that's i i've never heard anyone come about it from that angle that's that's really interesting so let me let me lighten it up for a second so here we are at essen at spiel and what are you most excited about? That isn't you. That isn't your game. Or, what, or is it somebody? Is it a game that you, or a game you want to experience, or somebody you want to meet, or whatever?
1: Well, um, To be honest, I'm not here to play games. Though I actually had time to play a few games yesterday, right? So it's more about just being being here, being a part of it, and then hanging out with people, meeting lots of people. I mean, I, a lot of people I only see here in Essen once a year, right? And and a lot of our friends coming here together hear here their experience oh they had a meeting there oh it was very good i mean all that little talk right so that's kind of exciting
2: we went to the playtest uk meetup event yesterday uh-huh. but uh, we didn't go to playtest we went to meet people right uh, so that's a lot of of being here what am I look most looking forward? That isn't my own. It's still going to be business because I also run a distribution company. Uh, so we're looking for new titles to take in, to translate into the Nordic and Scantic markets, etc. So it's it's almost it's it's meeting people, and then everything else is business.
0: Fair enough. <laughs> uh, it's very similar on my aspect or from my standpoint to where yesterday. Uh, my, my goal was to play one game the entire time I'm here, so I can at least say I played a game. And the first game, I got pulled into a demo of Happy Salmon. Yeah. So you could imagine yeah. the spectacle of here, Heavy Cardboard yeah. is playing Happy Salmon, and it was, it was hysterical. Sounds like a blast. So, yeah.
2: that, that's on my list of one of the games we want to translate. Uh, really, yeah. that, <laughs> it,
0: it, it, totally silly fun, and it got everybody laughing. And uh, the, a couple of the people I was playing with were very buttoned up, very very serious and here we are slapping hands and laughing and cutting up and, and it just goes to show that in this hobby of ours that even though for the most part your designs fall outside the scope of what heavy cardboard is that it's what makes this hobby so wonderful that you can have this huge range of likes and yet we all have this common bond between all of us and I think that's fantastic because three years ago we would never be sitting here um, and look, here we are. I think that's, that's really so awesome about this. So, thanks. I, I really appreciate you guys uh, sitting down, taking a few minutes. Um, so, you want to talk for a minute about uh, Flam Rouge? Any
2: time.
1: <laughs> Probably not just a minute.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> where, where people can expect to get it post-spiel? Uh, post-spiel. I don't know how the U.S. distribution plans are coming. Um, I, I do know that they are coming. Allowed to peel the publisher has a, a plan to actually get it there, uh, and I don't know if they're going through uh, which distribution channels they're going through. Okay, um, uh, I think at the moment Asmodee is distributing some of their games in the US, like Eclipse and Nations, etc. Um, it is already in shops in in the Nordic countries and is getting into the UK through Estebium and then out into retail shops, uh, and the, I think it has a German distribution partner a French distribution partner coming um, must, and there was one more which I can't remember all right
1: mm-hmm. okay just to add something that is not flamrose related right yeah, so please. F- so um, I, w- I passed by the ultra probe booth yesterday and they have a, a copy a early copy of 13 minutes on display so that's our next game coming from them right so it's kind of 13 days but meets love letter so 13 cards 13 red and blue cubes and it's just a small game but with agonizing decisions A uh, right? hand
2: of two cards uh, where you, you, you have just like in love letter you have two cards you play one but you also build the table larger sure. um, uh, and it's a living death
1: contract yeah. also so it's yeah. a map and it's
2: just yeah, you, can, you right. can still end the game yeah. by, by going boom oh which is good because that's it's how the, how
0: I'll, it'll end when so, I play it seems
1: so you can see it at the booth here and it's not out so it's not for sale but it's coming soonish right
2: uh, they said December 5th was but uh, let's see
0: alright awesome well thanks again uh, Daniel and Asker uh, so Thank thanks you for, for your time here. and uh, yeah continued success see you next year alright here we are on Friday at Spiel 2016, and I'm with Phil Kendall, uh, one of the guys from Ragnar Brothers. So thanks for taking the time today. Pleasure. This is uh, this is both of our first Spiel. It is, yes. so, what have you? Uh, is, is it what you expected? It it sounds a bit of a cliche, but I would say it's more
3: than I expected. I I've done Expo for ten years, uh, Expo in the UK for ten years, coming here. I just could not believe the size of the place, the number of exhibitors, the nature of the stands that the companies have put together.
0: Amazing gets used too often as a word, but it's amazing. Yeah, awe-inspiring, staggering, all these things apply. All those words. Because I don't care how how prepared I thought I was for this. It's it's unbelievable. Just, yeah, staggering. Um, so, Ragnar Brothers, um, how did this come about? How did this happen? How did you guys, because obviously not all brothers, so what no, happened?
3: Two of us are brothers, but they are the only brothers in the Ragnar Brothers. Uh, we used to, about mm, eight of us, used to go off on holiday together to the Lake District and stay in a very small caravan and play board games whenever it rained, which is very often in the Lake District. And we, eventually, I decided that I would like to design my own game. It was Angola, and that was the starting point. Steve, my brother, who always does everything better than me, (laughs) then took over as the inspired designer, and in the very early on, he came up with History of the World, which is a classic. Absolutely. there was no looking back. Since then, usually a game every year or so, and we have about probably about 25 games that we have produced by now.
0: And it runs the gamut. You're all over the map here. And so to talk Angola, so our podcast covers medium heavy strategy board games, war games, and 18xx. I have a copy of Angola, and it is loved, universally loved. A,
3: it's a lovely game. I don't know how I came up with it at the time. <laughs> I look back at all the efforts I've made since then, and I don't know, it was just one of those games where everything came together, and there were some really nice little systems that I, I thought up that are really original. I didn't know they were original at the time, but
0: yes. Come to find out they really I, are. I, I just love playing that one still. So, so you look at something like that, you look at uh, Nina and Pinta, uh, you look at DR Congo How does how do you guys come up with the range of things that you I mean Nina and pizza? It has time travel, right? It has quantum right. Mechanics to
3: it right that you so, are
0: so how do you guys? How does this come to be? How, how, how do you come up with this?
3: It, every game has got its own seed uh-huh. that so it grows from a good example canal mania Uh, was my brother walking across the Llangollen viaduct in Wales and he just got thinking more and more and more about how that had come about. Steam Donkey which is one I love was we all our families went to the Isle of Man which is like a little miniature Victorian holiday resort you've got little transport systems all of its own and amusement areas and Everything that's in Steam Donkey came from the Isle of Man, and sitting on the boat, I can still remember him saying, there's a game about this, (laughs) and two years later we had Steam Donkey.
0: And and, well, Nina and Pita, what was the inspiration there?
3: We've always liked the idea of exploration, and in the case of Nina and Pinta, Steve was doing some reading about quantum physics and quantum mechanics.
0: As you want to do. As
3: brothers do in this world. I don't know why, but he was. <laughs> and he started thinking about applying it to a board game. And we have talked with lots of people about it. And every board game has an element of quantum because you're exploring alternate realities. That's but fair. With Nina and Pinto, we've taken it that step forward and imagined an alternate reality for each of the three ships that sailed originally to the new world in 1492.
0: So obviously Angola has a special place in your heart as far as a favorite, probably. Um, but outside of, outside of your own games, what do you enjoy playing? Where, where, do any other games inspire you to help further existing designs or ideas that you have?
3: Very definitely, yes. Uh, I mean, I'm part of several gaming groups in the north of England, so I'm constantly coming across new games, new titles. Some of the ones that I've played recently, Pandemic, Legacy. There's some mechanics in there that you think, I love the fact that the game develops and develops and develops beyond any one game. So that's been stored away. I've played recently The Grizzled which has this idea of the characters acquiring these bad traits amongst them. And in my role as somebody who's going to come up with another quantum game as part of the series, I'm exploring the American Civil Wars, something that's of great interest to me. And the idea that your armies are, have almost got these bad characteristics that they acquire, that makes it so much harder for them to do what they're supposed to do. The Army of the Potomac in particular.
0: That's a, so is is that your what we can expect next then? Or it's is that one, further down the road? That
3: one's in the bubbling around situation. I'm putting things together, trying out little ideas. We have other games though that are also coming out at the moment. Okay.
0: So you're a designer at heart, and you guys decided to become a publisher as well. Yes. Uh, why? Why not? There, there, there are thousands of publishers, right? So why take on that added burden? I guess would be one way to put
3: it. I think burden covers it brilliantly. Yes. <laughs>
2: uh,
3: I mean the whole pro. I mean the original process back in 1990, which is when we started to produce our bigger games you look back on those 26 years ago and you just hold your head in despair it was like I don't know one of these sweatshops that exist in the world you know there was was people with sewing machines sewing cloth maps together people using paste to paste counter sheets children running around collecting plastic counters from one stack to another and then obviously all the shipping out and the packaging and the Marketing, if you can call it that, we, we did in those days. It was a different world in those and days.
0: That almost has a charming sound to it yes. in hindsight, right? It does. In hindsight, it
3: was very—it was a lovely thing to do with a group of people because it involved a dozen people at a time to do the production. But clearly now, the world has moved on. We've got we we've got people now who are taking on fulfilment for us, which makes life so much easier for us in that we've got more time to spend on the design and development side of Which things. Which is only
0: a good thing, I would think, right? In,
3: indeed, yes. I mean, we're good at what we're good at. And... Find you know, the experts
0: in their field to take care of the rest.
3: Sorting out the postage to...
0: Singapore Ethiopia, Ethiopia or, or, or wherever sure, right.
3: ...is... takes time. Fair enough. Um, so yes, just going back to what you said, Uh, What made us go from playing games to designing games to then actually producing games was a feeling that there was enough stuff in that very first game, enough stuff in Angola that other people would find genuinely interesting, would make them want to play that game and to play it more than once and to, I, I, I suppose, play other games designed by us in the long run. Um, I know, well, just to give a small name check, Charles Vesey at that time played Angola and he wrote a review that I've still got a copy of where he said, this is the, this is this this game is why the industry needs independent game producers.
0: And in my opinion, that's never been more true than it is no, right now. I couldn't now agree that, more. Now that big business is moving in and things become more and more homogenous, Yes. You want you want these independent designers and publishers that quirky uh, have the rough edges which bring yep. character to the game.
3: Yes, I think that would describe the of brothers
0: very well as well. Quirky with r- rough edges, which is awesome, and that's why I'm a fan <laughs> of your games. So, so now that uh, to circle back on the whole, this is your first Essen yes. uh, spiel. Is there anything or any one or any game that you were looking forward to, be it a person meeting, a designer, a publisher, or a game to explore, or just to take in the spectacle that is? What what what, what excited you about this?
3: Well, I've got a long list of games I'm buying for other people. Don't uh, we all? Well, I don't because my wife keeps a fairly close eye on what I am buying. <laughs> uh, if we sell enough of our games, I might treat myself to a few titles. But, um no, certainly I've played Quartermaster General. They have Quartermaster General 1914 here. It's got four players as opposed to six. And the four player game will suit us very, very nicely within my gaming group. So if I can sell enough games, that will be there. Evolution. So many people have said so many good things about it. I think I might treat myself to a copy
0: of that as well. Awesome. So uh, anything else? Uh, How do folks get in touch with Ragnar Brothers, be it for Nina and Pita or any of the older games that you may still have in style? Uh, We have
3: a website, uh, ragnarbrothers.co.uk, or Ragnar Brothers alone will find your way to our website and all the details for ordering games from us or just simply talking to us and communicating from us. Be delighted to work with anybody who wants to get in touch.
0: Awesome. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time, and it's uh, it's fun to hear the history of this, and and uh, it, it, like you said, quirky with rough edges. That's awesome. That, <laughs> that, that, that's that's really good. So thanks again for taking the time, and try not to die by the end of this this whole uh, ordeal, right?
3: Indeed. Um, pleasure talking with you, also. All right. Thanks. Thank you very much. Thank you.